Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Black woman. Beautiful. Powerful. Resilient female of African descent with skin kissed by the sun. Conversation. A talk, especially an informal one, between two or more people in which news and ideas are exchanged. We love being black women. Black women are ambitious. Black women are confident. Black women are diligent. We are tenacious. We walk out of our houses put together. We are many shades and personalities of fabulous. But we as black women don't talk about our dilemmas, current events, and what's going on every day that affects us. So we created this podcast as a way to laugh together, cry together, and have an open conversation about life as black women. Oh, that's deep. Black Women Conversations. Hey, Nicole. Hey, Janine. How's your week been? It has been, the week has been weakened. I'm telling you, the last couple of weeks... Not even the last couple of weeks. Like, just just throw the whole year away and start over. Because I feel like every time I get on this podcast, I talk about, like, everything that's happened during the last week, which adds to the last months, which adds to pretty much the whole year. So, as you guys have listened, you guys have know I've gone through a lot of transition recently. And this week is no exception. So, um you know, personally, in my personal life, there is more transition. And I am just, it's like now my new norm just to expect something different to happen in my personal life. But I'm dealing and I'm coping with things. As they come my way, I realize that I am definitely stronger than I could have ever imagined. So the things that probably would have made me sort of kind of break down maybe a couple years ago. It's like, I'm like unscathed now. I just keep going and keep doing what I have to do and keep being there for my child and keep the grind going on the job. Because guess what? Without that, you don't get paid. And without that, you don't have nowhere to live. You don't have nothing to drive. So I have no choice but to like put on my big girl draws every morning and make a conscious decision to go out there and just be fabulous. So that is what I've been doing. And this past week has been no exception. I have been putting one foot in front of the other, been putting pen to paper and just taking everything one day at a time. And I hope our listeners, I hope y'all are also just taking everything in stride and one day at a time, because this post pandemic life is just, I mean, it is like an adjustment Now everybody's talking about goals, right? Like everybody's comparing like, oh, we're back in person, but our numbers were down last year. Well, no shit. Like we just came back from a pandemic and people want to do surveys about growth. And I'm like, "Uh, let's give it a year. Give it another year for us to be post-pandemic times, two years, at least before we start saying what's successful and what's not successful and changing stuff that worked pre-pandemic but because the numbers aren't looking the same post-pandemic is a problem. Um, people and relationships, you know, people before they were cooped up inside, now they're out and about acting stupid again. So, you know, you know, some people may be dealing with some relationship changes. I am too. Um, because it's post-pandemic and people outside and they want to act a fool. So you know, work is working, life is lifing, adulting is hard, but all in all, I, I can just say that I this week has proven to be one of my most enduring weeks ever. How's yours been, Jenny? Well, let's go back. Let's go back before we get into Janine's week. A couple of things. One, maturity and the good Lord have made you be in a place where you can 
sit on this podcast and tell us about what's going on and not be have your problems and issues overtake you, I should say. And I feel like, you know, we don't really celebrate those kinds of things. And I think it's really important to take a moment and celebrate that, you know, a year ago or two years ago or however many years ago, this conversation might not have been happening and you might have been handling this in a different way. So I think that we have to celebrate the fact that, you know, you are handling it in stride and you are not seemingly overwhelmed, even though you're telling us that you're overwhelmed. If you all can see her, she doesn't look overwhelmed. So we have to celebrate that. But we want the year to get better for you. This year has been a little interesting. Like it's been specifically at the end of the year, it's kind of gotten just a little dicey over here. So yeah, you know, this might be the year that we really actually look forward to the new year, right? Like I think we look forward to the new year every year, but I think that, you know, we had the pandemic, like you just said, and then we had this like, oh, well, things are a little bit better. And we were kind of more optimistic right after the pandemic. And I think we've gotten back down into this lull where we were before. And honestly, I think that we just need to get back to the the positivity and the act right, because, you know, people were inside cooped up to your point. And now it's like everybody got brand new and it's okay. But let's remember that the same people that you was cooped up inside with and couldn't deal with might not be looking too bad. The grass is green where you water it. Okay. Yeah. But you know, some of these Negroes out here don't understand what we be watering. And then they think they take the water for granted and then be looking crazy when they brown in a couple of weeks. Right. Then be coming around like, wait a minute, why I'm not green no more. Well, because I was watering you and you neglected said water. Because you didn't think water was important. So, um, yeah. Let me just put it out there like that. Oh, Lord Jesus, have mercy. Okay, let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, please bless that Negro that Nicole is referring to. Because Janine don't want to see said Negro to be um, six feet under. And the the passion with which she's sharing this, I'm a little nervous. So, I'm praying. Amen. All right, Janine. So how was your week? How's your week been this week? Oh, Lord Jesus. We don't need to talk about my week. Let's talk about the listeners week. My week was very uneventful. Actually, did I do something this week? I don't even remember, honestly. However, I will tell you I'm super nervous because I was invited to speak on a panel at the Wharton School of Business. And for you all that that know me personally know that I really like talking, but not in large groups of people. And I do not like addressing crowds. I am able to do this podcast because I do it from the comfort of my home. And the only person that I can see is Nicole. And if I had to look at you all in, you know, person in an audience, I might like have stage fright. Now I can do it, right? Like you know, there are times where you just kind of have to overcome your fear and do it, but it's really just not my favorite thing to do. So the first thing I did was panic for almost an hour. (laughs) And then I had a conversation with Ken and I basically was like, look, Janine, you got to bite the bullet. So I will be speaking on a panel at Wharton School of Business at the University of Pennsylvania. (sighs) Y'all pray for me because When I tell you my anxiety is on 1,000, I am not exaggerating, not even in the slightest. Well, I mean, let's not water down the fact that you're on a panel at V. Wharton School of Business. I mean, that's like, that's some real big issue right there. Like, that's some real big issue right there. And for, for those of us who are contemplating an MBA, this chick out here on panels for the MBA students, okay? Just, just... Put it out there. Janine sort of like watered over that. Like, oh, yeah, I'm just on a panel at the Wharton School of Business. And yeah, you know, I really don't like to talk in person. What? Like, let's back it back. That's a really big deal. So shout out to you, girl. We see you. We see you. Thank you, Nicole. I can't preach stepping outside of your comfort zone and not do it. So I've now gotten to the point where I take the opportunities as they come. No matter how 
much anxiety. I think my, like, after I saw the email, I think that my mind kind of, like, erased for a second. Like, that's probably why I can't remember what I did last week because I, you know, in my mind, like, I'm used to, like, you know, hyping everyone else up. And I think, like, you know, one of my friends told me the other day, he was like, oh, yeah, you know, at some point you'll realize that, like, you're not the same person that you were, like, you know, five, ten years ago. And I was like, yeah yeah, I'm not the same person. Like I've grown. And he was like, yeah, but you're just at a different space in your life. And so, you know, I saw something else on the internet that was like, remember that today you're in the place that you prayed for however long ago. And I was like, I have to be grateful because at some point I prayed for this, not specifically this, like not speaking, but like I prayed for it. So I have to be grateful and take it and do the best that I can. And I just... I guess I have to take a deep breath and swallow my nerves, but I'm going to do it. It's the 30th annual Wharton African Business Forum. So there's a streaming link or it's recorded. I will be more than happy to share it if I if I approve of my um, contributions. Well, please share. I mean, at least record yourself while you're talking. Post a little snippet. All right. Um, how have you guys been doing this week? Have you been listening to the podcast, catching up and sharing us with your friends? How have you guys been? We want to know about it. Someone actually shared something with us and it was about the a topic that they think we should talk about, about basically what a new age relationship looks like. And we've had a bunch of topics recently about new age relationships, but not really focused on it being new age. But I think maybe we should do that. Maybe we should find like a licensed couple therapist or something and try to figure out what is this new age relationship that everyone keeps referring to because y'all I don't know I I don't know if I can deal I don't know what does that even mean new age it basically was about the things that we should expect to put up with and the things that um you know are different from the way that we were probably initially raised or taught about relationships and the things that are considered acceptable in 2023 that might not have been considered acceptable back in 1995. It's actually, it was actually pretty interesting. It was a bit disturbing to me, mainly because it just felt like we were lacking morals, to be very honest. But I think that we should have a, a deeper conversation about it because I think, you know, recently we've had a lot of episodes about relationships and, you know, how we interact with one another. Um, so I think that maybe we should have, we should find somebody an expert so they can help us through it. Cause you know, we struggling right along with the people right into us. Anyway, Janine. So what's on our timeline this week? So this week, our timeline is courtesy of Morgan San Diego on IG. And it's actually a stitch that she did from rich chick on TikTok, And that's R I C H. C-H-I-Q-U-E on TikTok. So let's start off with the rich chick TikTok. So she's, you know, it starts off with her chatting with us from the car and she has tears in her eyes and she's saying, if you're not already in a long-term relationship that's healthy with good communication, respect and boundaries before you start nursing school, don't get into one while you're in the middle of nursing school. She goes on to say, that you should take it from her. You shouldn't do it. And she says that nursing school is tough on your mental health to begin with. So dealing with a relationship on top of that just sucks. She said that just stay out of relationships, avoid them until you get your degree, and then you can go find Mr. Right. Okay. So Morgan stitches this TikTok and shares it on her IG. And Morgan, who is also a nurse, breaks it down for us. And she breaks it down for those of us not, who are not just nurses or in the medical field, but breaks it down so that we can all kind of understand exactly what's going on. She says, as difficult as it may be to believe, there are quite a few men that hate you. And this is to the black women. That's who she's talking to. She says, then she kind of brings it like back together. And she says, when you start sharing the things that you're doing and, you know, not just going to nursing school, but things with any kind of education or any finance. And when you start to level up, 
it will upset their inner demons, as she puts it. And she said, because it reminds them of their failures. She shares that she used to date men that were like this. And she said that when she applied for nursing school herself, she initially was waitlisted. She didn't get in immediately. And her boyfriend at the time, now her ex, told her that she was stupid because she had to study so much for this degree. Now, she points out that her studying so much um, for the degree, the guy that was complaining about that, that she was dating at the time, oh boy, was a barber. And she said that not only was he a barber, he was a barber in someone else's shop. And he was the one that was calling her stupid. Now, she did go on to say no shade to the barbers because, you know, we love the barbers. But come on now. How are you, a barber, in someone else's shop calling the young lady who, not that she didn't make it into nursing school, but she was waitlisted. How are you calling her stupid? I don't understand. Apparently, neither did she, and they're not together anymore. But the whole point is... She goes on to say that these men, they will plot your downfall. Now, Nicole, I'm not in the medical field, and I'm sure that there are women that are listening to us, men too probably, that can relate to this. I can tell you this. When I read this, it was very clear to me that this was something that I needed in my spirit because I had a very similar situation, and it, it, was, just, it was just bad. Before I share my situation, I'm just curious as to what your thoughts are on this. I can't, listen, I see this kind of stuff happen all the time. You know, I'm in medicine and I mean, there was a resident when I was a fellow who her husband literally would like hide stuff from her so that she would intentionally be late. Like, oh, her notes for patients, like would just hide them or like her white coat would just like mysteriously like get dirty. They would argue all the time. Like he would come to the hospital to argue. Like I, I didn't understand it. I was like, why would he not support you through residency? And he was a financial advisor. So, you know, he was used to being the breadwinner while she was in medical school. And residency, it was so tough. Now, fast forward, she's divorced. She's remarried to somebody else that appreciates her. But she was in it at that time. You know, and she's not the only person that I know that has gone through some type of training with their husbands belittling them or telling them that they shouldn't do something or you should just still be home and cooking and you should still be doing all this stuff. But, bro, I'm working like 80 hours a week, right? On paper, 80 hours a week would surely be like 110. And you're not being supportive. So, I mean, I don't know. I think this ha kind of stuff happens all the time and we just don't talk about it. I will say that. I, we're not going to name any names because I don't believe in giving shine to the ignorant, but I will say this. Back when I first started my career, back when I didn't really know what I wanted to do, I had gone to, to you know, pre-med school and then I decided that that's not really what I wanted to do. And then I had gone back to nursing school and decided that that's not really what I wanted to do either. But I wasn't, you know, I was the beginnings of my career, right? Um, I had just graduated from college and I was a mid-level manager at um, a radio station. And I was like, oh, you know, this is dope. It was like a dream job right out of right out of school. And I thought, you know, this is great. And not only did I have, you know, a steady income in in my field, but I also had opportunities and access to things that I wouldn't have naturally had access to with with most other careers, right? So at the time I was dating this guy and he um, really just didn't support anything that I did and everything was, I, you know, why would I have gone to school so much for this to come out of school and make pennies? Cause at the time I think I was making like, you know, probably a little bit over minimum wage. And he's like, you went to school all these years and got into this debt to come out and make pennies. And, you know, was talking about how my job, um, you know, 
basically said that my job was stupid and that I needed to find a real job, essentially. Now, mind you, this man was a factory worker. And again, like Morgan San Diego told us, no, no diss to the factory worker. But how on God's green earth are you going to tell me that my job is stupid, but the concerts that you go to are because of my job? I don't get anything from your factory, at least not directly. And it just felt like at the time that, I don't know, it felt to me at the time like, oh, you know, this is just a phase like, you know, when I get a better job, it'll be better, right? No, 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 no. That's not how it works. I got a better job and the, the like demeaning just got worse. So, I mean, look, I'm not one to say for you to leave your man all the time. But to Nicole's point earlier, if you're not with them, I don't, I don't know that it makes sense to be in a relationship and try to make something work when it seems that somebody is jealous. I mean, that's just me. And to, to top off my story, the factory worker decided that he no longer wanted to be a factory worker. And he thought that that little Peasley salary that he kept complaining about, he thought he was going to live off of that. And that's when I was like, no, sorry, Bob. Mm -mm. I don't take care of nothing. I ain't birthed. All right, Janine, as if this situation could get worse, should we talk about some of these letters from our listeners? Let's do it. All right. So the first letter reads, Nicole and Janine, my girlfriend and I have been together since high school. We sort of goofed around in high school, but graduated. We stayed together, but it was rough. We had a baby a few years later. We got married a few years after that. Now we've been married for 15 years and we have two kids. About four years ago, she wanted to go back to school for medical coding. I bought her review books. I made sure the kids were fed and made sure she had food when she walked in the door. She finished the program but has yet to take the exam. She has a job in the medical coding department at a hospital, but she hasn't been promoted because she hasn't taken the test. And now that's been almost three years and she seems pretty content. Now I would like to get a certification to be an aircraft mechanic, which would give me a huge increase in my job since I work as an assistant mechanic with a major airline right now. At first she seems supportive, but now that I've gotten started, she talks about how I'm spending too much time studying. She also sometimes leaves the house early Saturday mornings to get her hair done, knowing I have class on Saturdays from 10 to 2. Two weeks ago, I was over an hour late because of her hair appointment. We previously discussed her scheduling her hair appointments on Fridays since she works until noon on that day. That lasted all of one appointment. Then she started getting her hair and nails done on random days again. During the week, I still cook dinner and make sure she and the kids have something to eat. I pick the kids up from activities during the week because I work early hours, 5 a.m. to 3 p.m. But she knows that Saturdays, I don't have much flexibility due to the class schedule. Last week, she left the house at 9 a.m. to get her nails done. I told her I have to leave in 30 minutes and told her to get her nails done after I got home. She told me I was trying to control her and rushed out and slammed the door. I called my sister, who thankfully was off that day to come and watch the kids. She did, so I left the house and made it to class on time. Apparently, my wife got back to the house around noon because this is when she started blowing up my phone. I called her when I took a break a few minutes later. She said she didn't appreciate me abandoning my children and that my priorities were off. How? Because their aunt who has watched them countless times was watching them? Of course, when I got home, that turned into a huge argument because I didn't tell her my sister was coming over, etc. But she knew I had classes. It's almost as if she is literally trying to sabotage me. Like she doesn't want me to go to class for some reason. How can I help my wife understand that me getting this certification is only going to make our family better? Do you think I was wrong for starting my program before she passed her certification tests. Larry. What's the easiest choice you can make? 
Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Okay, so Larry, I'm going to tell you this. Your wife is being ignorant. And I'm not saying your wife is ignorant. I said that she's being ignorant. She is currently acting in an ignorant manner. And I'm going to tell you this. She is probably frustrated with herself because she hasn't taken the time to take said test, right? But it's not your fault. And while I understand your concern, I also am very um, hesitant to tell you to just stay because what's going to happen is you're going to get frustrated. And if you drop out of your program and you stay with her, then you're going to get frustrated because you haven't finished your program and then you're going to resent her. We don't want that to happen. What we're going to have to do is figure out a workaround for her. The workaround is going to be this. If you need to go to class, you need to schedule childcare so that your wife's schedule does not conflict with your class schedule. Basically what she's telling you in so many words without saying this, what she's telling you with her actions is she's not going to support you through this. I don't know if it's because she hasn't finished her program yet. I don't know if it's because she wants more attention. I don't know if it's because she wants to be the one that makes more money. I don't know what it is. We don't know the reasoning behind this, but we do know that she has proven that she's not going to make this easy for you to get this degree. So what you need to do is set up some things around her, right? Because what you don't want to do is have this ruin your marriage because she's just being a little petty right now. And y'all have been married for a long time. You have kids together. Don't allow this to ruin your marriage. Just work around her. Now, if we get to the point where she just is intentionally sabotaging, then that's a little bit different. Now, I'm going to think that she's just a little selfish here and she's not intentionally sabotaging, but what we hope, and maybe you have a conversation with her. I don't know how much it will help because she seems to be a little stubborn based on what you wrote into us, but maybe you have a conversation with her. And hopefully, you getting this new certification will help her to take the test that she needs to take so that she can also be elevated in her job. And if you have the conversation with her, I think that's the point that you point out, right? Like you need to show her how it's going to benefit her as well, but not just how it's going to benefit the household, right? Like you, you want to make it specific to her because she seems to be, have a little bit of a selfish demon right now. So what I'm going to tell you is have this conversation, do whatever it is that you feel like you need to do specifically childcare, I would suggest, so that you can get to class and that you can finish this certification that you are pursuing. But also try to encourage her to finish her certification as well. What do you think, Nicole? I feel like I I agree with what you said, most of it. Um, She definitely is. I don't think he's done anything wrong. Let me start there. I don't think he's done anything wrong. I think that he's done more than most men would would, would do because he is seemingly keeping the household together. He's working full time. He's probably making the majority of the money and he's going back to school on Saturdays, which doesn't take away from his work, right? He's still picking the kids up, taking them to activities, cooking and making sure she eat and the kids eat. I'm confused as to what she's doing. Like, I'm really confused by that. Like, what's, why is she not pulling her weight? Because he was pulling up the weight when she was in school. Um, The thing I disagree with you about is him encouraging her to get her certification. I I disagree with that because I feel like 
by now, I'm sure that he's done that. Like he's probably patiently waited on her to take the next steps. He's bought her the review book for the course. He's probably asked her why she would want to take the test. So there's something in her that doesn't make her want to take the test that makes her intimidated by taking a test. Or maybe she's taking a test and she's failed it. So at this point, he's like, I'm tired of asking her about this test. She's probably told him, don't ask me about this test. Because Janine, three years has gone by since she took this course. So he's been as encouraging as he, he can possibly be, which is why she, he's like, well, she seems content. She got a job. She's, she's doing something in medical billing and coding at the hospital. He don't know what it is. But he's waited long enough, and now it's his turn. There's no more to me encouragement that he should be doing, okay? He's encouraged enough by providing all of the materials and probably encouraged her along the way by providing her an outlet to study uninterrupted with him taking care of the kids and making sure the kids are taken care of. So, yeah, I mean, at some point you got to motivate yourself. At some point you can't lean on other people to encourage you to take a test. Either you going to woman up, study and take the test or you're not going to take the test. But the person you with, your best friend, your mama, there's only so many times somebody can tell you and encourage you to take a test before at some point it gets on your nerves. Right, especially if you failed the test before, she may not want to take the test before. Again, that may be a rift in their relationship. So I don't think from this letter that she he should be encouraging her to do anything. I think that he should sit down with her and have a very candid conversation of, "Hey, listen, I supported you three, four years ago, or what have you, whenever you were getting your stuff done. Why do I not have the same level of respect reciprocated?" Is it that you do need time to study? Because if you do need time to study, maybe we can arrange some things with my family or your family to come over during certain hours of the weekend to take care of the kids so that I can consistently make my certification. And I would ask her, what are you afraid of if I end up getting a certification? Because obviously you don't want me to succeed. There's something deeper there. Like, does she think that you're going to get a better job and wise up and leave her? Like, I, there has to be something in there. Because I don't know any woman don't, don't want that man to make more money. I don't know Nan, okay? I can understand men being like that because they think that the woman's going to be so independent that they're not going to need them. But if I'm dating a man and he's going to make more money or I'm married to one who's going to make more money, Oh, I'm not messing the coins. Go get your money, boo. I'm going to rub your back when you get home. I'm going to make sure everything take care of. I'm going to send them kids with your sister so you we can have peace and quiet to ourselves when you get home for a few hours, right? Because most women don't want to mess the money up. So I'm wondering if there's something else going on there. But if I were you, Larry, I would, uh, I would, I would broach the subject very carefully but be intentional about being um, very direct and saying, hey, this is what I'm observing. I don't think it's fair. What are you afraid of with me getting the certification? And I, I would not skate over it, but I would be very, very gentle with my words. But I would, I would say, this is what I'm saying. It seems like you don't want me to get this certification. Let's talk about why. All right, Johnny, what's our next letter read? Okay, this one says, hi, ladies. Love you all. Love the podcast. I hope to meet you all one day. Maybe you will do a live event in Birmingham. And then she puts a parenthetical link. So, ladies, let me tell you about this man I've been with for almost five years. I'm ready to end things, but he's been talking marriage. So before I lose a good man, because I know it's hard to find one, I figured I would write in and ask you all. I don't just want to give up on him. But I'm not sure this will work out in the long run. So I am a 42-year-old divorcee with no kids, and I work as a paralegal for a sanitation company. That is where I met my boyfriend, who is 50. He also has no kids. He is a sanitation supervisor. Well, when the pandemic hit, I decided to go back to school so I could get my JD and become a lawyer. Well, with life and family and work, it's been a bit challenging and I've been going at my own pace, so it has taken me a little bit of time. I finally graduated. While my boyfriend was supportive throughout the process, when I started studying for the bar, things seemed to change. 
He began complaining about how my only focus was passing the bar and how I don't make time for him. He even asked me if I was sure if I wanted to follow through with this. After years of school and now mountains of student loans, it seemed odd. And of course, the answer is I want to follow through with it. Why would I waste my time and money if I didn't? Recently, he asked me if I planned to work elsewhere after I passed the bar because he didn't want my success at the company to overshadow or hinder him getting a promotion. Now, he knows that my goal has always been to be in-house counsel. He knows it's easiest to be promoted from within, so I don't quite understand the questioning. It's almost like he was okay with the idea of me becoming an attorney, but the reality of it is too much for his, him and his ego to handle. It's almost as if he's jealous. Ladies, is my boyfriend being a bit of a jealous hater, or does he have a point? Nicole, I know you support staying together, but I'm not sure I can continue if he continues to be this jealous. Please tell me what I should do about this. Aside from this, I don't really have any complaints and I don't want to lose a quote unquote good man. Signed, Carolyn. Okay, so let me just recap. She's going back to get her JD, right? He is the supervisor of a sanitation department, right? And But I miss what she is now. She's a paralegal at the sanitation, the same company that her husband works for. Okay. So, um, you know, yes, I did hear that, Nicole, you use your advocate of people staying together. And I was telling a friend of mine that I had dinner with last night to keep her man. I said, girl, you better keep your man. It's, it's piss and turd in these day, this dating pool, right? Keep your man. But that's when you got papers on them. Y'all, y'all got to differentiate when you got papers on a man and when he just a boyfriend, okay? Nicole is going to advocate for you to keep your husband, keep your significant other that you have papers on. Why? Because divorce is very expensive. And because when you're with somebody for a long period of time, you will have ups and downs, lows and highs. That just comes with the territory of being with somebody that you can roll over and be like, golly, you still there, right? That's normal in a marriage, okay? That person has shown you that they are dedicated to you. That person has shown you that they love you. That person has shown you that they will sacrifice for you physically, mentally, and financially, okay? So that person deserves a little bit of a pass because when you're in something long-term, people can slip up, people can mess up, and they should be forgiven, right? But when you're with somebody that you're in a relationship with that has not shown you they're committed to you, i.e. there's no said ring on your finger, then if he starts showing the signs of exhaust early, and I say of exhaust because marriage can be exhausting and you do roll over with this other person be like, God, are you still here? I think I can do without you today. Like, I think I can get rid of you and replace you. Every married person has thought about divorcing their spouse at least once, okay? If not like three times. That's like a normal feeling to have cycles of going through that. But when you're in a relationship and you see these signs early on of the non-support, I am going to tell you to run. Because right now, he is not supporting you to go back and get your JD for whatever reason, okay? And I don't want to be cliche, but a lot of men can be very intimidated by women who are the breadwinners. They have issues with that. And that may be why you think of him as a hater. I would argue that you should never think of somebody that you are sleeping with as a hater. Y'all should be on the same page. He should be your number one cheerleader. He should be making sure that you have food and he should be making sure you show up to class on time. He should be making sure you have gas in your car so that you won't be running late in the morning. That's the kind of support you need from somebody that you are sleeping with. And if you are sleeping with said person, whether they're a boyfriend whether they're a boy toy or whether they're your husband, 
they should be supportive. And if they are not supportive now, then you can't support, uh, expect them to be supportive as you move up in your career. Cause you're going from being a paralegal, you'll be an attorney. And after you be an attorney, you'll be working for somebody. You might make partner or you'll be starting your own firm and owning some stuff. Or you could be running for public office. People get intimidated by that. And if you can't dress him up and take him to the Christmas party and he can't talk a good talk in front of everybody, you might need to let him go. Maybe he is not the person that you are supposed to be taking to the Christmas parties. Because if he can't get on the same page and show face and be supportive of you and make you feel good at night, that will help you gain the confidence that you need to continue to excel in your career field. That's problematic for me. So for me, it's a red flag. Have a come to Jesus meeting with them and say, listen, you either going to get on the boat or you're going to get off. And it's your choice. And if you can't accept what I'm doing right now, then you have the right to live your life how you want to live it. Because you can't force somebody to get on the same page. Maybe he wasn't thinking he was going to be with a career woman. Some men want somebody that's more docile and that is going to be in a certain role. And they know you can't fit that certain role if you're going to be the person pulling up, bringing the table, bringing the bacon on the table cooked already and pulling up the chairs around it. Some men can't operate like that. They can't handle that. He was okay when you were a paralegal. You guys probably had a, a salary somewhat similar. But as you move up the ladder, some men can't handle that. And that's okay. Right. That is OK. He deserves to be with somebody that fits into his criteria to make him happy. And you deserve to be with somebody that supports you in your endeavors as you move up. So I would have a conversation with him and say, this is these are my goals. Is this something that you feel like can fit into your ideal situation? And if not, let's just stop playing games with each other. I think that in relationships, we need to start being a little bit more objective than letting our emotions handle it. Oh my God, the D. Girl, let it go. Be objective with this thing and really think, is this going to work? 10 years from now, when you're running for public office, is this going to work? 10 years from now, when you're owning your own practice, is it going to work? Is he going to feel intimidated by you? Does he have other aspirations to move up further? Okay. Because I feel like people that have no aspirations to move up in life versus somebody that has aspirations to constantly excel, that, that thing is going to butt heads. Okay? So I'm going to tell you, I, I feel like it's a red flag. I'm not telling you to, to let him go right now, but I am telling you to have a conversation to see if he can get on the same page with you. And if he can't, if he thinks he cannot play that role of being a supportive um, spouse in the future, then let him go while he's a boyfriend and it's cheaper to let him go now before you get papers on him versus waiting a couple years, y'all get married and now your whole attorney, he is the sanitation supervisor and now you, you battling, you know, he, you making more money and paying alimony. Girl, save the heartache now. Yeah, Carolyn, I'm going to have to agree with Nicole. I don't think it, you said almost five years Girl, do you want to spend another five years with this? Because it just feels like this is a competition, to Nicole's point. And I'm sorry, I don't, I don't want to sleep with the competition. I don't want to be married to the competition. Like, the whole point of you being married to someone is so that you can be a good partner, not so you can compete with one another. That doesn't make sense. It just doesn't make sense. What's the point? You're worried about this now? Is he talking about marriage because he's like, maybe if you all get married, you won't follow through with this? It just seems like a lot. Like, if he was supportive before, why all of a sudden now is he not supportive? Is there something that, like, do, does the job not know about your relationship? Like, tell, tell, we need some more details because I'm very concerned that we're even considering staying in said relationship if he's not supportive. I'm just confused. If he's not supportive now, what happens when you all are, you know, so far down the road? Then what? 
five years after you get married, then what happens? Like, I just think that, you know, jealousy and, and being a hater, as you put it, it, it just, those are just red flags. And I think that you just see the red flags and, and, you know, I think it's time for you to part ways. And look, if he realizes the error in his ways and you all get back together and he shows a, a noticeable change, then by all means, continue on with the relationship and maybe you do get married. But right now, the way that things are, I think we need to take a little break from him. I think we need to pursue our goals. Y'all don't have any kids together. I assume that you all don't live together or have any bills together. But if you do, it's okay. You can break a lease. You can sell a house. I'm just saying, my suggestion to you is to pump the brakes, put it on pause. And if this relationship is past its expiration date, let it go. And you know, Carolyn, use your your womanly intuition. You know when a relationship is past its expiration date. If it's past its expiration date, no love lost, no harm, no foul. Just let it go and move on. There'll be, let me tell you something. There are, are plenty of good men out there. You just got to find them. Now, it's like finding a needle in a haystack, but you'll find it eventually. And to be very honest with you, you're propelling yourself into a, a different space. So, you know, maybe you'll find a different kind of man. And don't limit yourself to being with the black man necessarily. I'm not saying that that's what you're doing, but I'm just saying, make sure that you keep your options open. So, Janine, you've been on this kick of women not limiting themselves with black men. Um, hmm. Girl, who who paying you to to influence black women to date said white men? Hmm. I didn't say just white men. I'm just saying we are are given a bunch of ridicule a ridicule for dating outside of our race when black men do it all the time, right? And I'm not I'm not saying that you know you should or you shouldn't. I'm just saying don't limit yourself. You could find the love of your life in. A, a body that doesn't look like what you're used to. I mean, the dating pool, we did a whole episode that's called the dating pool has piss in it, right? That ain't changed. So why would you limit it to the pissy baby pool when you can get the much larger pool of people? And not for nothing, but like some of the men that have the characteristics that we say that we want don't look like us. And that's okay. And I, again, not suggesting that if you have a good black man that you trade him in for something else. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is stop limiting yourself. Love the same way it can be found in various genders. It can be found in various colors, too. And we're quick to support LGBTQ rights. But then we'll say that we don't we won't we we'll only date black men. We sound crazy. Keep your options open. That's all I'm saying. All right, Janine. So what did you learn new this week? So I kind of knew this, but I actually found some actual hard statistics. So according to the Journal of Blacks in Higher Education, there are some 7,921,000 African-Americans over the age of 25 that have earned at least a bachelor's degree. Now, that makes up about 28.1% of all adult African-American population in the United States. So about 28.1% of us have a bachelor's degree plus, right? So 24.9% of that are black men and 30.8% of that are black women. Now, once you move up into the degrees, it, it changes and the, the margins kind of get a little larger. So 1.5 million African-American women have earned master's degrees, whereas only 841,000 African-American men have done so. And that number, it dwindles once you get to the doctoral degree. And it's about 151,000 African-American men have earned doctoral degrees, whereas 221,000 Black women have earned doctoral degrees. So once you get higher up, it's a, a much larger gap between the number of women and the number of men black women and men that, um, have degrees. So yeah, Nicole, in your area, you, it's about double the number of black women that have doctoral degrees than there are black men. So keep your options open. 
What did you learn new this week, Nicole? Mm, that makes being single sound horrible for me, but okay. So I did learn that there's a Forbes advisor survey that was published in August of this year that showed that we thought that money and infidelity were the causes of conflict in marriages. No, the number one cause of conflict in marriages is career choice, career choice, and people trying to move up in their careers in the marriage. Number one cause of conflict. Let that sink in. I don't want us to have, I don't want us to have crabs in the barrel mentality in our marriages. I really don't. Hmm. Well, it's, it's real look, it's looking real crabby. Mm, mm, mm. All right, Janine. So are you ready for the motivational moment? Let's do it. And it says a huge part of any successful relationship is communication and clear expectations. If you're going back to school, Think about it and communicate the type of support you'll need to be successful. Likewise, if your mate is going back and you feel neglected, be clear in communicating so that you can adjust and make time for each other while not forcing your mate to compromise his or her own educational goals. With good communication, you can make anything work, but don't expect the other person to read your mind. Until we meet again. Pray, work, slay. And show off your melanated excellence. Bye! Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversations is produced by Nicole Lee Plenty and Janine Brunson Johnson. Executive producer, Ken Johnson. Get the Oh, That's Deep Black Women Conversation podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or where you get your podcasts. Please subscribe and rate us. You can follow Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations on IG at Oh That's Deep BWC. Oh That's Deep Black Women Conversations is a mean old lion media production. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. You need parts? O'Reilly Auto Parts has parts. Need them fast? We've got fast. No matter what you need, we have thousands of professional parts people doing their part to make sure you have it product availability. Just one part that makes O'Reilly stand apart. The professional parts people. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. Auto Parts.